0: Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. This Sunday marks the second Sunday of Advent. Advent. And today, we're looking at our Old Testament reading for the second week of Advent, Isaiah 41 through 11. And here, through the prophet Isaiah, God proclaims comfort to those in exile. In fact, Isaiah 40 through 55 is set in a time after the Judeans have found themselves in exile in Babylon, which is a bit confusing because if you read the book kind of continuously, verse, or excuse me, chapter 39 the prophet talks about this deportation happening in the future, right? So it's it's looking forward to the future and saying there will be a day when there will be exile. But here, just in chapter 40, one chapter later, the deportation has already happened. And Isaiah is comforting the people in the midst of it. And it's really the words of God or the words of the divine counsel that speak comfort, saying it will come to an end. All right, so what's going on here? Well, the authorship of the book of Isaiah is complicated and we don't have time to explain all of the theories today except to say that chapter 39 is kind of a bridge between two time periods. There's the 8th century BC and then the 540s BC when God gives this word of grace and mercy. So in between chapters 39 and 40, there's over 150 years of silence. This reading begins with a gentle picture of someone who's been in prison and now their penalty has been paid. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, verse 2 says. She has served her time. The exile is imagined as a term of indentured servitude or even a prison sentence. Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians in 587 BC and the book of Lamentations is kind of like an expression of the grief of that trauma. And throughout the book of Lamentations, there's this refrain, there is none To comfort her. Here, the prophet says that time of mourning is now over. Now is the time for comfort. And this is good news. The comfort comes from God. They are described as, quote, my people, verse one. This is powerful because in the book of Hosea, God had declared, You are not my people, (laughs) and I am not your God. So we get this sense that the covenant relationship at least had been suspended. This suspension happened for Ephraim in 721 BC, for Judah in 587 BC, but now God reverses the declaration. The relationship is still true. They are still his people. Even as his people are in a foreign land, God has remembered Jerusalem. The phrase, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, is literally speak to Jerusalem's heart. Now is the time for comfort, it is also the time of preparation. There is a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, the highway for our God. This is God's highway, (laughs) a highway that he will travel to Jerusalem and he will bring the people with him. So the forgiveness they've experienced will result in a homecoming. This highway, this forgiveness, this homecoming are announced later in our gospel reading that we'll talk about tomorrow. And yet, even as God's people are told to prepare, prepare the way of the Lord, they're also told God will prepare things himself. (laughs) So it says, every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low, verse 4. In many of the world's major cities throughout history, the affluent people live on hills that overlook the common people below. This is kind of a tangible picture of what's being described here. Those who stand on their proverbial high horses or atop their mountains, they will be brought low. Now, in this season, I can't help but think about the classic Dr. Seuss tale, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the book and the films. Remember that the Grinch lives high above everyone else in Whoville. And Dr. Seuss does a wonderful job depicting this existence that is both elitist and sad. So the Grinch is high above everyone, judging their celebrations, but he is also deeply lonely. There is something fundamentally wrong about the separation between rich and poor, between social classes or castes. Isaiah paints a picture of a world where all of that will be remedied. Now we can imagine that when for such a world to be remedied in that way, it will be painful. We see this also in Mary's song in Luke 1, 52. Now, some of these words are recognizable also culturally as they were cited by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Dream speech. So the words ring true in Isaiah's context and in King's context. Those who have done well in this broken, oppressive world in God's new world will be made low. Those who have suffered will be lifted up. Verse five says, all flesh together see the glory of God. Notice that God's glory is not merely revealed to his people, everyone sees it. The imperative cry out, verse six, and its response, what shall I cry? Is this interesting interchange between, it's like a member of the heavenly council, which that's kind of complicated, but the, a member of kind of God's uh, staff, <laughs> or God's community, right? Uh, is speaking and then the prophet responds. So the prophet says these words of comfort are going to be wasted on human beings because human beings are like grass. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. Even when it talks about human beings' faithfulness, the word faithfulness is the word has said. And it's speaking to how even the faithful deeds of human beings, the things that we do that are faithful to the covenant and are consistent, even those things are fleeting. In fact, verse eight, the response from the member of the heavenly council acknowledges that. It's true. The grass withers, the flowers fall, like human beings are uh, fleeting, but it is God's word, his faithfulness that will last. Walter Brueggemann writes, the offer of comfort is not based on the suitability or qualification of the people, but upon the resolve of God. God's presence with them and their bringing them back to the land is announced with the statement, verse 9, here, is your God. And notice God comes with power and rules with a mighty arm, verse 10. But also, verse 11, tends his flock like a shepherd. Both strength and tenderness are attributes of God. This is good news. Our readings this week focus on repentance, on surrender. Repent was originally a political word. To repent means to point oneself in a different direction. Repentance is the beginning of peace. That's true in our relationships. It's true in every part of life that when we lay down our lives and we lay down our agendas, that that's the beginning of peace. Repentance is a kind of dying. It's a giving up, laying down our instruments of war and the ways we have attempted to run our lives. It is the definition of the cry in the old Christmas song. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. The only response to the good news of God's love is full trust and surrender. It is in this making right that God's glory is revealed. Advent is not about looking backwards with sentimentality. It is looking forward to the only one who can make things right. And he has invited us to participate in that future coming here and now. Each time we lay down our defenses and seek to be part of righting the wrongs of the world, those places become signs of his future restoration. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.